Hey, all of you beautiful, amazing souls. Welcome to Soul Diaries, Find Your Inner Serenity podcast. I'm your host, Irvi Shaw, founder of Inner Serenity Life Coaching. I'm a spiritual and love coach focused on helping women align with their higher self to create joy, love, and abundance in their lives. The true intent of this podcast is for me to share my spiritual journey and soul's messages with you, hence the name Soul Diaries. This podcast will focus on how you can use spirituality to help you live a more balanced life filled with joy and ease. Throughout the journey of this podcast, we will discover various topics on spirituality coupled with my experiences. If you are wondering how you can start living a happier, balanced life, follow along this journey with me. Hey, beautiful souls. Welcome to another episode of Soul Diaries, Discover Your Inner Serenity. Today, we have a beautiful guest, Michelle, who's a life and empowerment coach. She's actually going to talk to us today about um, her journey through um, fertility, working um, within that space. And um, we're actually going to dive into a topic of surrender and how she practiced surrender within her birthing journey with her four children. Michelle, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I am, like you said, I am a life and empowerment coach. Um, I help uh, support women through their midlife reawakening journeys to uh, find their happy and lead a more fulfilling life moving forward. However, I have had many, many journeys in my lifetime. And part of that, uh, my journey to where I am today was uh, being a birth worker for about 12 years. Um, So about my journey, um, I do have four kids. My firstborn, um, he is now 23 years old, and I had plan to have a natural childbirth with him, uh, did all the things at the birth classes, uh, through the hospital, of course, back then. And, uh, you know, did as much educating as I could in preparation as I could to, um, prepare for his birth. Um, of course the universe, you know, has its own plan <laughs> and turns out my baby was uh, sunny side up facing up rather than down. So, which brought me back labor and pretty bad back labor and a really long labor, um, and pushing process. But, um, I went through his birth and even though I had planned a natural childbirth, I ended up, um, having all the bells and whistles. I had an episiotomy. I had, um, an epidural and ultimately a vacuum extraction. Um, and postpartum wasn't any easier. Um, they ended up moving him to a different hospital. They never brought him to feed, you know, it was just a whole thing. And so I really came out of his birth experience with a lot of questions and a lot of what ifs, um, you know, and continued my research because I wanted to, you know, be a better mom. I knew I was going to have future children. So I just really dove into what my process was trying to process my birth experience and learn from it. Um, so along the way, um, I knew as I was planning for my second baby that I did not want to have I did not want to go through the same experience. It was so incredibly difficult. 
Um, so continue to research what were my options. Um, and lo and behold, I found out that midwives were still in existence. I had no idea that that was even an option. I thought OBGYN and hospital birth, and that was, that was it. Um, so I found my local midwife and, uh, after I got my positive test and we started planning, um, her birth, I ended up having a really beautiful water birth, home water birth with my daughter. Um, and subsequently my third child was a home birth as well. And, um, my fourth child was planned to be a home birth, but he ended up um, coming six weeks early due to my blood pressure. And ultimately it was a C-section. Um, so that's just a quick, <laughs> quick capture of my birth experiences. Um, but to go back to, um, you know, the, the theme of surrendering, um, mm -hmm. It's, it's not a word that you really associate with, um, birthing unless, unless you're really thinking outside of the box and, um, you know, and that's what I learned when I was educating myself on my second birth, like learning to have that surrender, to have that self-trust, um, that your body is perfectly capable of doing what it was designed to do is a huge piece of that surrender. Absolutely. Yeah. And I would agree with you. Um, I would say that, you know, the majority of the journey of being pregnant and even postpartum, it's like you're told to plan. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm currently pregnant right now. And all of my friends ask me like, oh, what's your birthing plan? Like, are you going to breastfeed after? I was like, I don't know. Like, cause I'm in a space where I'm just like, I'm taking it day by day, whatever yeah. happens, happens. And I know that, you know, I'll make the best decision when I have to, but I don't want to have a set plan and then be very fixated on that plan. And then something else happen, and then like emotionally not be able to handle it because I think that's a bit, very big part of it. Yeah. No, absolutely. Like, even if you're planning and you're like, well, this can happen and this can happen, this can happen. Like you're really not prepared until you're in that moment. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it can be super devastating, you know, if things don't go according to plan for yeah. sure. And I love that you brought up the breastfeeding piece. Like, yeah. is that something that no one thinks about? Everyone's like, let me just get through the birth. Like no one thinks about the breastfeeding piece and that's no walk in the park either. Yeah. I've had a lot of people ask me about that. And I mean, I would love to breastfeed, obviously, um, mm -hmm. you know, looking at it from a very natural perspective, like our bodies are meant to, you know, breastfeed and we, we make the milk and all that. But I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the baby doesn't latch on. Maybe I don't have a good... Um, milk supply like there's so many things that could happen and I don't want to like be like no I'll only breastfeed and I won't give formula right and yeah. I mean it's like your first baby that was born they didn't even bring him to you to feed so it's like they're probably giving formula so if you're in that sense of like I don't want to give formula or I don't you're not looking at the other options um, it might go against you and then I just feel like for me specifically with my journey um, 
the emotional side of everything has been really where I need to focus on, um, you know, putting more, um, like be more concentrated on that part, because I feel like if something doesn't happen, then I get really sad about it. And then that like triggers into something else. And so I know for me, the work that I need to do on myself is more on the emotional side, Mm -hmm. which then obviously feeds into my mindset and my mental uh, well-being. But um, I mean, for other moms, it could be different. But I know for me personally, it's helped to to just be like, I'm going to take it one day at a time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's a super like healthy approach, especially when it hasn't been a super easy journey, you know, fertility journey to conceive in the first place or, you know, first trimester, easy pregnancy. You just got to take it one day at a time, you know, one minute at a time sometimes. So um, yeah, I, um, another, you know, my second and third babies were pretty like easy births, but when number four came along, um, you know, I had totally planned to do another home birth, you know, and I, I was almost there. <laughs> I was almost in the time frame, but you know, then all of a sudden my blood pressure spiked and we were faced with a lot of decisions and, um, you know, I, at the time I thought this fourth baby was going to be my last. I had planned that he would be my last. And, um, we tried to induce labor and the OBGYN on staff was like, Oh, he's your fourth, you know, I'll be like, boom. And, um, you know, they gave me medication to start inducing labor. Um, I was in such a haze with the medications with the, before the blood pressure, they gave me magnesium. Yeah. And now in hindsight, after I came out of it, magnesium is given to, um, help stop, prevent early labor. So I was on magnesium while they were trying to induce and nothing happened for 24 hours. I was like one to two centimeters nothing happened. I had swollen up like a balloon because of all the medications and the fluids. Mm -hmm. Um, in fact, I needed assistance to just get to the restroom. And Mm -hmm. so I was in this place of, am I going to just keep pushing through because I want to have a vaginal birth? Well, he is going to be my last baby at the time. VBAC was not an option here. You know, in the event I wanted to have another baby, would I be okay having another C-section? And, you know, ultimately I had to surrender big time. Mm -hmm. I had to be like, okay, he's baby is healthy. It's time to get me healthy. And I had to make that difficult decision to, and it, and I made the call, like no one said anything to be a, me about a cesarean. They were willing mm-hmm. to go as long as I wanted, but I made the call to surrender and um, move forward with a cesarean. So I could be getting back to being healthy. So I can make sure I was there for my children. So that's a huge piece too. Like when your birth plan or your birth wish list, as I like to say, doesn't go according and you're stuck with these huge, difficult decisions to Mm -hmm. try and put it in perspective and find that place to just surrender, you know, what will be, will be and try and move forward and process it. Mm -hmm. And I like how you mentioned that really what it, what was important for you was that 
knowing that the baby is healthy and now it's time for you to get to that point, right? Um, I feel, um, and a lot of moms that I work with, we're so focused on like, we want to do it a certain way because we want the best for the baby. But sometimes it's like, you also have to think about what's best for you and like your own health as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know for, so for me, um, I found out a few weeks ago that I have placenta previa. So they mm-hmm. told me that I probably will need a C-section, but they're going to monitor me. So I remember when they told me that because I was hoping that I could do a vaginal birth. Um, if since it's my first, you know, I would like another child and then, then that could also be a vaginal birth. I wasn't, you know, so stuck on either way, but I was hoping for at least a vaginal birth. So I remember when I heard that from the doctor, I was like, oh okay and then you know she was like talking to me about like are you okay with a c-section do you know are you like prepped for it and I'm like yeah I guess so like sure how does someone prepare for that I mean you just told me (laughs) you just yeah I came home um I remember I had to like really work with the emotion of like and you know really it wasn't about I wanted to do it one way or another it was just about the fact that um like something's told to you and it's it and it was told to me in a way where I felt like this is not a good thing right and so it's like I took that energy and like kind of somehow translated it into my body like this is not good like this not like why did this happen to me mm-hmm. and why am I going through this and now this is like so it, it, it wasn't so much about the plan itself or like how I wanted to do it but actually the way it was said to me and then like translating that within my own body of like this is not good like you're not good you're like you're not perfect enough to actually give birth to a baby yeah which is what I had to deal with so I think um from that point sorry to get to the point um I just surrendered I was like you know what if the baby's going to come for a c-section it's going to come out as a c-section if it's going to come vaginally whatever like I just have to leave it up to the universe as to what happens from here yeah and that's a really hard, hard place to get to, especially when you have, you know, all these thoughts and ideas and plans and of how your birth experience is going to be and the postpartum and what that's going to look like, like everything changes. And um, it's, it, it is a pretty difficult spot to be in to switch your mindset, like a 180 to be mm-hmm. like, okay, now we're going to be planning a birth and, um, you know, post-surgery, like recovery. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I had a, I had a really difficult time after, um, my fourth birth processing and, um, I ended up, uh, hiring someone to come help me like, like recount, like what I could remember my birth process and really like walk through. So I could release because like you, I had really brought in a lot of negativity from the experience and, you know, like, like since it came six weeks early, like there's so many things I wanted to do. I wanted to do like a belly cast and I wanted to do like all these things in celebration Mm -hmm. of the upcoming birth that didn't happen, you know, not to mention the birth itself was like hugely traumatic. Um, but, uh, yeah, being able to, uh, put a voice to those emotions and 
process and walk through them is so, so, so important to be able to release them. So you don't carry them into your next experience. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, all the while having someone there to validate all those emotions, like they're huge and they're so real and it is a loss in many ways to not get the birth experience that you're hoping for. Yeah. I also feel like just within the, the entire space of fertility and fertility, pregnancy, postpartum, there's just a lot of labeling of like what's good and what's not good. Mm -hmm. And I feel that as women from very young age, we're, first of all, when you're young and you're going through sex education, it's like, you're so afraid to get pregnant because they show you these scary <laughs> movies about like, yeah. you don't want to get pregnant. It's really bad. Like, you know, yeah. that, like you have that in your mind. But then when you're actually of age and you're thinking about having kids, you're still like, there's so many things that are said, like, okay, you want to do a vaginal birth. You might want to get an epidural. Like these are good things or, you know, yeah. and so I think that that labeling also messes us up in the sense of yeah. like, oh, I want to do what's good. I want to do what's like normal. I want to fit in, right? And mm-hmm. and not so much of like, I don't want to do all that other stuff because that's probably not good, which yeah. um, I think is something that we have to unlearn because yeah. everybody's journey is very different. And um, like we were saying in the beginning, the universe is going to give you exactly what you need. And we need to just trust that. Like for me, I think that's the number one um, affirmation that I say every morning is like universe, like you, you know what you're doing. I'm surrendering to you. Like mm-hmm. you're going to, you're going to do what you need to do. And that's it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to trust you on this. I love that so much. That's a, like, a, I have a similar affirmation. I I'm always saying the universe has my back yeah. whenever I'm going through a tough space or, or having some doubts or not sure which way to, I, the universe will always have my back and just mm-hmm. keep moving forward with what feels right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's Absolutely. so true. Absolutely. And I feel like that's a mindset or a thought that's not very common within you know, within the industry of, yeah. of it, first of all, within the medical industry, but yeah. then also in general, like women don't really pick up on this. And so they're going through, you know, their fertility journey, then they get pregnant and they're going through postpartum. And it's all like a lot of medical information that's put mm-hmm. onto them. And even if they choose to do home birth and they're judged by that, like, oh, you're going to do a home birth. Like, Totally. I'm sure you want to do that. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, well, and I was like, I came out of my first birth saying it like thinking, okay, so the medical system really isn't totally on my side. Like I had full faith in my doctor. And then at the end of the day, I was like, I'm just another number. I'm just another woman giving birth. Like my wants or needs, it didn't really matter, you know? And so that was one huge takeaway. I felt like the medical industry really didn't care. Like, I know there are absolutely some gems Mm -hmm. like OBG, OBGYNs that are just freaking fantastic and really practice like a midwifery standard of care. Um, but, uh, yeah, I like, I feel like, and I, I feel like education is so huge and that's really a big part of what threw me into being, becoming a birth doula 
is because mm-hmm. I came out of my first realizing, oh my God, there are so many options, so many options. You have no idea. And I mm-hmm. wanted to just scream it from the rooftop. Like women, you have options. You don't have to do what your doctor says to do. Like you have so many options. So, and yeah, I, that, that was like a big driving factor for me moving into being a, becoming a doula was wanting to educate women, um, you know, just in the mere fact that there's options. (laughs) I know Mm -hmm. I keep repeating that, but there's, there's options. (laughs) What was the, what was the one thing that you felt, um, when you were a doula that, that women actually, um, they felt like, oh, this is like something I didn't know. And like, this is really good information. And what would you say was like one or two things? Um, I was super candid about what labor looks like and, um, you know, what the process looks like and what, you know, the expectations could be. I, I did not sugarcoat like anything. Um, I mean, that was part of my job, right. Educating Mm -hmm. them of what everything looked like. Um, you know, it's, totally normal to throw up in labor. It's totally normal for your body to clear out, you know, the digestive tract, you know, and like, um, I was very candid with my approach on, on what labor and birth uh, looks like, which was very appreciate, appreciated, especially by the partner since, the, mm-hmm. I, you know, it can be hugely traumatic for the partner. So, um, a lot of my education in prenatal visits, um, you know, was more almost in a way preparing the partner to be that support person, you know, like I was there, yes, they hired me, um, you know, but I felt I was more there to hold space and give help and support and direction where needed. But the primary support person was going to be the part partner um, mm-hmm. unless they did not want to be, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, yeah, the, the it, it, being, uh, quite uh, candid on, um, what labor and birth looked like and, um, preparing the partner to be that support person. Yeah. I love that. And I love that you mentioned, uh, su- um, supporting and preparing the partner, because I think that that's a huge part that, um, sometimes goes missing. Mm-hmm. even within like birthing classes and stuff like that like they they do include the partner but they don't prepare them completely for everything that could happen mm-hmm. and um if they need to make a decision um mm-hmm. they might not be prepared to do that at that point in time because they were never you know told that that could be something that happens sure i mean and it's just like you said like being like going through sex ed and stuff like it's um you know, we are, are raised with this idea that this is just the natural, normal thing to do. And I think, you know, a lot of times the partners are like, well, she knows what she's doing. You know, I almost feel like it's a taboo topic, you know, to be honest, like what birth really looks like. And, um, and it's not talked about, it's just like a natural process that women go through just like periods. We just don't talk about it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, it, though it is natural for us to go through it, there's so many different um, scenarios that could happen. And sometimes it's good to just know 
I think going back to my comment about labeling, because we label everything and it's like, yes. um, oh, I'm throwing up. Is this a bad sign? Oh, I, I pooped. Is this a bad sign? Like, <laughs> like all these things is like, that's how we look at everything, right? Like, oh, is the baby okay? Like it, you're yeah. constantly thinking that way throughout your pregnancy and probably even postpartum as well. Like yeah. with the breastfeeding as well. Like, you know, if you're not producing milk enough or if you're not pumping enough, like, um, I had somebody that I worked with and she thought because her um, her um, mom and mother-in-law kept telling her like she should be producing more milk. She thought that she wasn't producing enough and that put her into like a really bad space mentally. And her doctor was like, you're producing. And she's also a pediatrician, by the way. Oh. So it's like, it's not like she didn't know that she wasn't producing enough, but yeah. like she still was like constantly told like, it's not enough like you should they yeah. sh you should be feeding him more um it, it it put her in a really bad mental space of like okay like what should I be doing now and so she had to kind of cut out those voices that were telling her that this is not good and like kind yeah. of surrender and figure out the next step from there yeah yeah it's a very difficult space to be in so good for her for overcoming that one yeah um, and just to pivot before we end today's episode, I wanted to talk a little bit about postpartum because mm -hmm. I know that's also a very big space and postpartum depression is also very big. Um, what was your journey like with postpartum and what were some things that like helped you in your journey of postpartum? Yeah. Um, well, as I said, with my firstborn, he was not brought to me immediately and he, and so I, honestly, I didn't see him for the, his first two days of life because I was in a totally different hospital. So postpartum for me looked drastically different. I, um, I actually had, um, a lactation con consultant to come in and help me. And I started pumping like crazy to get my milk to come in. And, um, it was a huge effort and, you know, eventually everything worked out. Um, breastfeeding was very painful for me with all of my babies, um, except for my last one, breastfeeding was very difficult. Like there is definitely, um, I mean, there's a, you got to remember there's learning curve for you and for the baby, you both are learning and your nipples. Oh my God. Like they're going through like huge, like a huge adjustment with a, this baby, like sucking the heck out of them. So mm -hmm. um, for me, it was very painful and I went through scabs and I went through like not so pretty things, but um, uh, entered the piece of surrendering. Like, you know, like this is, I can, I too can get through this. And if it doesn't work out, thank goodness, there's other options, you know, to feed my baby. Um, uh, like, uh, the second baby, uh, wasn't easy, um, again, very painful, but we persevered. And the third one, I nursed him up until the day I went into the hospital with number four. So, <laughs> so when I, I, I was already like my breasts and nipples and everything were already primed for number four. So four was probably like the piece of cake kid, um, mm -hmm. I did not, um, I did not suffer from any postpartum depression. Um, you know, besides the processing of the trauma of my last birth, um, 
I, you know, once I kind of worked through that, I did, I did pretty good, but, um, yeah, I was fortunate enough not to, um, have any type of depression after any of my births. That's, that's huge. Um, because I, I hear about it all the time and sometimes, you know, it might not be full-blown depression, but you're going through that, um, that phase where it's like, you don't really know what's going on. It's, it's a lot of overwhelm, I think as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and emotionally and mentally, I think, um, it takes a lot to just get to a good place. Um, Mm -hmm. especially, and you know, since we're talking about surrender, I feel like it's the best time to insert this in. Like, even with postpartum, I feel like we have a plan of whatever it's going to look like. And sometimes that might not be the same. I mean, even with like, who's going to be there to to take care of the baby? Are you going to have help? Are you going to hire somebody? Like all of those things, you know, we kind of plan ahead and it might not look that way all the time. We have to just surrender and be okay and like Mm -hmm. go back to the affirmation that you said the universe has my back and protect it I'm going to be okay my baby is going to be okay we're going to figure this out yeah I mean I definitely I worked with a few women who's had struggled with a depression as a postpartum doula or their milk wasn't coming in or their recovery wasn't as straightforward as they thought and um it is super difficult to like move past that negative mindset and do and get to that place of surrender because ultimately at the end of the day, you just want mama and baby to be healthy and well, and you know, whatever that looks like, whatever that journey is going to be for them and whatever that's going to look like in their story. Um, you have to be, you need to be able to find that place to surrender and just let it be what it is and look for the positives moving forward. And, um, there's plenty of people, um, that are there to support and that mindset to help transition through it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, and, you know, I kind of also feel like it's keeping it simple throughout the whole journey, right? I feel like we're inundated with so much information and so many decisions and so many things that we have to do, especially if your fertility journey was also not easy. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, I went through IVF. And so my whole pregnancy is, is different because, you know, they consider IVF a high risk pregnancy. Yeah. So um, just getting to pregnancy was difficult enough. And I was inundated with so much information and so many doctor's appointments. Then now again, um, it's very hard for you to get to that level of like, just thinking about keeping it simple and thinking about, okay, as long as my baby is healthy, I'm healthy. That's all that matters. And anything else that's going to happen, any decision I need to make Mm -hmm. is going to be based off of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's not to say that the feelings of disappointment are hugely valid. And you're allowed to have those feelings, you know, keeping it simple doesn't mean you're not feeling. (laughs) So yeah, it's the feelings surrounding the transitions you have to make are hugely valid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that, you know, it would be very helpful if, um, and this is the one thing that I notice within the community of people that I help, Uh, I give them like resource lists, but I think that education and really knowing, you know, what's real, like 
really involved, like not like just like high level, but really involved throughout the process helps to make the best decisions and also Mm -hmm. just to advocate for yourself. Yes, I 100% agree. (laughs) And I love that you said advocate for yourself, because that's really what it comes down to being, um, you know, being able to make the educated decisions and being able to advocate for yourself. And your partner needs to be in that same place as well, because they will likely need to advocate for you at some point in the process. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the one thing that I keep telling um, my clients that I work with that you need to be able to advocate for yourself. Like just because your doctor says something doesn't mean that you can't ask questions mm-hmm. or you can't go somewhere else for other opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just because one person says it doesn't mean like that's the way it goes. Like if you feel like that's not, that doesn't feel right within you, then go ahead and ask questions and try to figure it out. Um and maybe there there's another option for you because yeah. I think majority of us, we're just like, okay, doctor told me this, I got to go through this. And like, mm-hmm. we just kind of blindly follow through, which sometimes I feel like is okay. But I think overall that's led, at least within women's health, I've noticed that's led us to just be like, okay, like I'm just a number and I'm just going to go through things mm-hmm. and we're not happy at the end, end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well, Michelle, we're going to end the episode, but do you have any final tips or thoughts for our listeners? Mm. Um, Well, like we were just uh, talking, um, you know, really, you know, do your best to educate, talk with others, join groups and forums. Um, I don't think there can ever be too much education. Um, By hearing other people's stories is where you, you know, your mind is open to other possibilities. Um, so try to educate as much as possible. Um, uh, do, you know, as we were talking the whole planning bit and what, what your birth is going to look like and what postpartum is going to look like, you know, it's okay to, um, you know, have a birth wish list. It's good to have some planning involved, but always, but also had to have that spot in the back of your head, knowing that going into labor and birth, um, being in that mental, um, that mindset of surrendering is going to be huge. And not only as a mindset thing, but also physically, um, birth is going to be so much easier on your body if you're able to get to that place of surrendering and just trusting the process and trusting that the universe is going to uh, protect and guide you on the journey and your baby's journey the the along the best path uh, that's meant for you so um, educate do a little bit of planning really work on that mindset of surrendering and getting into that space of surrender, um, you know, uh, for your birth experience and, um, you know, and your feelings are valid. That would be like my last, like really final thought, whatever happens during your experience, um, you know, have someone that you can talk to that you can bounce feelings off of. Um, it's super important to have someone that you can confide to and talk about all the many emotions, hormonal, new mom, like mm-hmm. all the thing you, you need someone to talk to and bounce those things off. Um, 
off of and uh, write down your birth story. That's a huge piece to processing your birth experience. And trust me, you'll forget. <laughs> you'll forget. So uh, you'll remember the big things, but like, I'll go I'll back looking at birth stories and like, oh my God, I totally forgot that I love those popsicles during active labor. <laughs> so um, as things settle in, I would encourage you to write your birth story, like within the first couple of weeks and um and just enjoy every moment. I love that. Thank you, Michelle, for being here and being on, on our show and sharing, sharing your story so um, openly. Um, I will leave Michelle's details in the show notes. So if you want to connect with her, you can. And we will be back with another episode uh, in a few weeks. Thank you all. Peace, love, and light. Namaste. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. I'm your host, Irvi Shah. If you liked today's episode, please leave a comment and a review. That would be greatly appreciated. And please follow me on Instagram and Facebook. I'll leave my link for Instagram and Facebook in the details below. As always, peace, love, and light. Namaste.